KYW Original Podcasts. This is KYW In-Depth. I'm Charlotte Reese. The labor market is shifting abruptly in 2020. Unemployment is sky high. And for some industries, there's not a lot of hope on the horizon. So how exactly has COVID-19 accelerated changes in the workforce? Where are we heading? And for people watching their jobs disappear, is there a solution out there? I reached out to Dr. Doug Weber. He's a professor in the economics department at Temple University. And uh, just to start, can you introduce yourself and tell me what you do? My name is Doug Weber. I am an associate professor in the economics department at Temple University. Uh, I've really been wanting to have an in-depth conversation about unemployment right now. I mean, American unemployment is historically high right now. I'm not sure that the graphs or charts people are seeing can really capture what's truly happening. Can you give me an idea of how big this is compared to what's normal or times of the past? Absolutely. So right now, I would say the unemployment problem is as bad, if not probably worse than what we saw at the, the, the worst point in the Great Recession. We're certainly not at Great Depression levels in terms of unemployment, but uh, it's it's bad right now, and it's going to get worse. There are many businesses that are effectively being propped up by, you know, rightfully so, by stimulus money from the government, and you know things like you know all the uh, unemployment insurance money that's going out to people on layoff right now, but. At some point, that's going to stop. And when it does, there are many businesses that are going to fail very quickly. What I tell people is we've only barely begun to feel the economic pain of the recession that we're in. You know, especially right now, I'm looking at employees and where are they going to go? And I think a lot of people right now are focused on that class of 2020, young people being able to find their jobs. But I keep thinking about the the people losing their jobs who maybe don't have higher education and they're older people. I mean, that's a scary thing, especially right now. Have you seen any patterns in who is being affected by this economic crisis? Yes, and it's unfortunately the way it typically goes, which is the people who have it the worst are also experiencing the worst uh, here. That in general, people who were already high income, you know, they're, I'm not saying that there aren't any uh, previously high income people who aren't facing some pain right now, but disproportionately, the layoffs and the wage losses are occurring among people who were already struggling coming into this. And that absolutely is centered around people without a college degree of, you know, either two or four years. And like you said, like this is a really difficult and scary for many of them because it's, it's, Long-term unemployment is really hard to come back from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think there's any good advice for people right now losing their jobs? Or, I mean, is there a solution to this mass unemployment problem? Or 
just suggestions of where people should go or what they can do? Well, if you are interested or in a position to gain some skills in something that would hopefully have a good labor market outcomes, you know, as we come out of the recession, things like taking community college classes, they're much, much cheaper than four-year college credit. And, you know, they're uh, generally a, you know, when you think about getting your bang for your buck, community college is a really good place to go where you're not having to shell out tons of money. You're not you know, having to take out big student loans. In many cases, depending on your education history, you might, given federal aid, you might be able to take these community college classes for free You know, after things like Pell Grants are awarded. So that would be probably the best advice I'd have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if community colleges are seeing an uptick in this because even just some friends I know, they're taking like wine classes and different. There's so many online things I feel like right now that people are interested in or maybe have time for or are nervous about their own future. Absolutely. And this is, you know, kind of the typical pattern. Like in recessions, people tend to go back to college because the opportunity cost of going to college is much lower. You know, you don't have good employment options, then, you know, your alternative is sitting at home as opposed to building up your skills. Now, this recession is obviously a little bit different, you know, because of the health crisis. And so you're not talking about choosing between, you know, an in-person class, which Generally speaking, you know most people prefer in-person classes, and I think most in-person classes are pedagogically superior to uh, to online classes. But I do think a lot of people are going to to turn to higher education right now. But it's important to do it in the most cost-effective way possible. And community colleges, I think, are, are a, a really really good option here. Mm-hmm. That's a good point, too, because we don't really know where the labor market is shifting. And I think for years, right, like technology and automation have kind of been the major drivers behind workforce changes with, you know, coal mining and car manufacturers, different things like that. What are your thoughts on the direction of where the labor market is moving right now? So uh, I I completely agree with you that things like you know automation it's it's always a concern. It's really difficult to predict, especially you know kind of you know long long term trends. What are things going to be like you know ten fifteen or longer years down the road? Generally speaking, though, you know you want to think about well what kind of tasks you know are able to be automated away. You know that can be you know at least somewhat easily performed by computers. You know, this is why you know, things like, say, accounting, the long-term prospects for something like that, which is normally a really good, stable uh, career, accounting is, you know, if, if, if I'm thinking about you know, what's the labor market going to look like in 30 years, I probably would not be super high on something like accounting. In general, Things that can't be automated away are critical thinking skills, writing skills, 
in quantitative skills that actually you know work with technology so there's uh, again some of this is uh, a lot of this is kind of you know pre-pandemic but i've seen a lot of really good evidence from a company called Burning Glass, which specializes in basically up-to-the-minute job postings and, like, you know, very much the, the most current labor market data. And they find that the biggest wage, you know, premia in jobs comes from jobs that require both quantitative skills, but also communication skills. So it's not just it, it. Yes, it's being able to analyze data and interpret it, but also to you know, be able to persuasively communicate that to other people. And that's where I think a lot of this is going, that now we have all of this big data and we have the, you know, the computers that are now capable of analyzing big data, the next step is, you know, actually using that to make decisions. Wow, that's interesting. That um, kind of makes me feel better about the robots coming in because we can communicate a little better than yes. them right now. That's Yep. What do you think, and this this may be a loaded question, but what do you think the role of the government should be while all of these shifts are kind of taking place in the workforce. And we were kind of facing these unemployment, um, maybe not as as high as it is right now, but we were kind of facing issues with certain, I think, job forces before the pandemic hit. And right now it's it's very abrupt for many job forces across the country. Do you think the government should have a bigger role now that the labor market is shifting this way? Yeah, so um, so I'll start out by saying the government should not be in the business of you know picking winners and losers and trying to shape the future of the labor market because it's in general it's not going to work and then it's it's just going to I think cause more pain than than help. But what the government absolutely should be doing and they're to their credit they're doing or i guess with the first stimulus bill they kind of did a did a reasonable job of this is they need to be providing a strong safety net that even if you say all right well the the labor market is you know evolving and these changes are you know overall positive the uh, you know technological advancement and and, and so forth it still is going to be very disruptive and painful for the individual workers who are displaced. Going back, you know, a long ways historical example. So, in the you know, kind of the the turn of the 20th century, there was a very large horsing industry, and this was you know big business. It was many, many, many people were involved in horsing, and then almost overnight. You know, from a you know from a from an economic perspective it, it, it happened in the blink of an eye you know the automobile industry sprung up and the horsing industry went you know was decimated no one would argue that you know we should have protected the horsing industry and you know stayed away from from automobiles we would have never been able to do that nor should we have so overall that was a positive you know change for us as a society but for the people who were in the horsing industry, they were 
permanently hurt. It's not easy to, if you've been in, um, you know, in one field for your whole life and then, you know, you are suddenly displaced. There are huge economic consequences. Like you usually will have permanently lower earnings even when you do find a new career. But there's also really important, you know, other negative effects negative effects on mental health and and physical health and you know it's it's very very disruptive and that's where the government needs to step in there needs to be a strong safety net for you know and recognition for people who are displaced whether in the pandemic or you know in the world in the the wonderful universe where the pandemic never happened that needs to be true and this is why the government needs to support things like, especially as community colleges that, you know, I know I mentioned that before, but community colleges in general in this country are underfunded, but educate so many people and can, you know, provide a path for, you know, retraining and, you know, building skills for people who do face displacement due to automation or whatever force. Yeah, so when you say strong safety net, you're talking things like community college or things like that for people. So I would say, uh, you know, the first part of the safety net would be things like, you know, just unemployment insurance and the actual, you know, you lose your job, making sure that you have the means to fulfill, you know, your basic needs. You know, so unemployment insurance and food stamps and, and those sorts of programs are incredibly important. But then, well, whether it's free community college or just other investment in providing resources to community colleges and, and all of the public university sector. But I, I really want to highlight community colleges right now, I think, you know, need it the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like your historical example, too, because I think that is uh, a, a huge question right now is people over jobs, right? Health concerns over getting people back to work. And I think kind of the biggest thing right now is the whole essential and non-essential workers. I mean, we've been hearing about that for months now. Do you see that as being a temporary thing in the job force? Or do you think it's going to kind of stick around for a while? Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting question. I'm sure that there's going to be some aspects of this that permanently change, you know, how we think about work. Um, the longer we're in this, you know, the more that businesses are going to both invest in changes and also just, you know, the culture will change around things like working from home and what services are actually necessary. You know, there's 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 always a lot of inertia in almost everything, just you know, culture in general, and businesses are not immune to that. And then when you have this, you know, major disruption, it kind of forces everybody to reevaluate everything. And you know, some things are going to go back to the way they were once the public health crisis is hopefully solved, you know, relatively soon. But some things are going to change uh, more permanently. I do think you're going to have a lot more working from home and teleworking. And that's going to be a much more accepted part of the labor market. And for many people, that could be really good because, you know, if the culture 
before was, you know, everyone has to go into the office. That does limit, you know, where where people are able to live. And uh, especially when you have things like, you know, dual career spouses, you know, if, if the culture is that you have to, or you're expected to be in the office for some meaningful amount of time, then both spouses really have to work in the same city. Whereas if you know the culture really does change quite a bit to working from home, then you can have a lot more flexibility for people with multiple careers. That's true. And I guess just as a last question, as an economics professor and a research fellow, I saw at the Institute for the Study of Labor, what are you paying attention to most? And how do you think economists are going to look back at this time later down the road yeah so i think this is going to be at the, at this moment i think it's going to be like the, the economic damage is going to be roughly on par with the great recession and that's devastating. Let me be very clear. That is absolutely devastating. The Great Recession caused so much pain over such a long period of time. And I think that's roughly the path that we're on. I don't think we're looking at, say, Great Depression level data here. That could change. You know, if I'm kind of assuming that we're going to get a vaccine, say, you know, early next year, you know, if, God forbid, let's say we can't get a vaccine for this, then I think you're looking at much worse in terms of, of you know economic devastation. One of the big unknowns right now is just how much of this is due to people's behavior solely based on public health concerns. And let's say we could blink away the pandemic tomorrow and, you know, people, you know, start changing their, their behavior, going out to restaurants again. And, you know, I, I haven't been out to restaurants since February. So in that hypothetical world, what would the economy look like? It would not look like it did back in February, that there there has been a lot of pain and there are a lot of businesses that have already gone out of business and, you know, some that are about to, like, this is an actual recession. This is no longer just a flip the switch and go back to normal. The question is, how bad would it be if we could, you know, if this, when, if and when the switch is flipped? The longer we're in this place, the worse it's going to be because you get into, like, the reasons for a normal recession, which are, you know, reduced demand because people have lost their jobs and businesses have failed. And so, you know, banks aren't lending money because previous loans that they've made have gone bad. You know, these are all the normal things that cause recessions. And, you know, the government, there are things they can do about them. You know, there's, there's very good reason for stimulus, but they can't solve them. Uh, they can just, you know, kind of ease the pain a little bit. It's really unknown right now, you know, how much of, of our current economic state is you know is due to people's behavior and how much of it is permanent or you know the, how much how much how much of these you know job losses are are permanent and they're not coming back and you know we have to you know wait really years as businesses you know new businesses start and you know get back on their feet like we saw from the great recession 
that's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Charlotte Reese, and we'll have another episode out soon.